Looking to expand your playlist? Well, Fat Lulz Radio has got you covered. Lose your religion with Reverend Jess and Deacon Sam over on The Church Absurd. Hear nerd culture get dissected on The Fickle Fanboy with RPM. Grab a drink and some laughs with the designated drinkers. Hear some solid interviews on Unseriously Serious. Do you want to get involved? Send your rant to the League of Infuriated Nerds. Also, check out the Fat Lulz Radio Associated shows. And get your not-safe-for-work talk radio fix on The Robin Slim Show. Get some life advice from Jerry and Callum from the bottom. And hear podcasts get roasted by the P-Bros on Tea on the Pods. All these shows and more await you at Fat Lulz Radio. Available through all your favorite podcast apps or wherever podcasts are heard. Fat Lulz Radio. Stuff full of entertainment. You're listening to The Fickle Fanboy. Brought to you by Fat Lulz Radio. I'm gonna kick your ass. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fickle Fanboy. I am your host, RPM, and with me as always, Reverend Jess. What's up, people? What's happening? I, uh, I, I'm just, uh, I'm in a, I'm going crazy here with, with cabin fever. Crazier. For sure. Uh, I'm telling you folks, it, it, it is not a good time to be alive right now. It's cabin fever, and there are there are beasts on the horizon. Things are getting pretty bad, so you know, brace yourselves because we're in the end times. It is what it is, but this is this is the terrible time for our country, and uh, you know, realistically, like if you have to turn to us, like oh God, I, I just I feel bad for you. If they are, they're barking up the wrong goddamn tree. Everybody needs somebody sometimes, but nobody fucking needs us for their sanity. Everybody needs somebody to love. Someone to love. Someone to love. That's right. Little Blues Brothers for you folks. You can never go wrong with Yeah, you can. That's how you ended up with Blues Brothers 2000. As I've tried to tell you before, a little... Too much of a good thing is still too much. Which is actually how we got Rise of Skywalker. And uh, that's in part, eh, you know, kind of, at least a a smidge of what we're going to be talking today. Because actually, in diving deep into what we did get with everything that Star Wars has ever brought us, got me thinking about the shit that we missed the uh the bullets dodged in some cases and some of the shit that it's it's still just a shame that we fucking never received that boba fett video game for example i mean to be fair we did end up with a star wars bounty hunter video game yeah we got one but it was the wrong one in my opinion but that's just my opinion is that because it had Django Fett in it instead of Boba Fett? And that's that's what you're pissed off about? Is because Django Fett kind of sucks? Sure, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. I mean... I mean, I'm not I'm arguing. Sure that'll probably piss somebody off, but fuck them. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that has come out is Duel of Fates, which was what the name of Episode Nine was gonna be. At one time when J.J. Ryan and Colin Trevorrow were all announced as the directors for the installments of the sequel trilogy right before it was just not going to be that anymore. And we got the return of J.J. for what ended up being The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So uh, we're going to look at what we did get 
and then we get to kind of compare it to what we fucking missed out on. I just I just want to point out for the record that the name itself is really stupid. I guess. Like the duel of duel of the fates, right? Is the fucking song. Mhm. Then they decide like they're going to name episode 9 that like <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of like, okay, so it's like, it's like if you had a sequel to Big Lebowski and instead of calling it like the Big Lebowski 2 or whatever, you just called it like, doot, doot, do looking out my back door. The Jesus Rolls is what they ended up calling it. And notice that the fucking movie came out and nobody said dick about it. Like, the only reason I knew that movie had come out is because I was trolling Yiffy. The only reason I knew it came out at all is because we're all stuck inside. I'll be real here, though, dude. Like, really, like, like, how much of a difference is it for you? Like, what do you do? What would you be doing if you weren't in a lockdown right now? Would you be what I do and how much or how little I'm wearing at the time is none of your business. And I'll thank you to stay out of my affairs. It was definitely the business of all those school children. They didn't have to look. I was just taking your advice. Oh, I do it all the time. Everybody does it. Fuck you. You were literally pointing at it and saying, look at it, kids. No, you were pointing at it. I was just saying, look at it, kids. But uh, to be fair, we wouldn't know about shit like this if it wasn't for people around us letting us know. If it wasn't for moments where we're just fucking bored. And so we just, you know, it, it apparently turned to the internet. And before we actually get to the good shit. We end up seeing that in in the feed of somewhere, and, you know, we may or may not click it. But come on. You and I are a rarity when it comes to wrestling and comic book fans. Yeah, unlike most nerds, we have a sex life. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was alluding to it. I wasn't going to say it, but I was definitely thinking it. But, I mean, okay, let's, we're getting way off topic. We came here to congregate and talk about what the fuck we missed in Duel of Fates. Because what we basically missed, we'll go into it deeper, but if I had to put it in so many words, it would have blown our fucking pants clean off of our bodies. And now that I've said that, and realized that it pretty much sums it up, Good night, everybody. We're done here, folks. All right. No, you um, can find me at RevJust. No, uh, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I was kidding. How many times am I going to say that? And you take me seriously. I'm just, I'm just wondering how many times before you realize I'm just fucking with you. Do you know how many fucking podcasts I do, man? Yeah. I'm up to five now. Okay. Yeah. And I listen to <laughs> half of them. I'm, I hear all of them, but I listen to half of them. Uh, but no, right off the bat of this fucking movie. I should preface this by saying a lot of this info primarily comes from one draft. I hear that there are other drafts out there somewhere hiding under some rock. Yeah, there's another draft that's entitled uh, Star Wars Episode 9. These are not the droids you're looking for. And then there's another draft called Star Wars Episode Nine: Misa, No Likey, How Wood. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Don't get it confused, though, with Star Wars Episode Nine. We've had a fucking enough. Dear God, let it please be over. But please remind us for a second, Jess. How did Rise of Skywalker begin? What we got? How did the actual text crawl begin? Well, shit, man. You think I, I fucking know it by memory? I was hoping that you would at least have some idea because you said before we recorded this that you wanted to watch that it. I was going to memorize. No, no, no. I don't want you to say, tell me word for word what it says. What the fuck? All right. I will tell I will tell you what I'll, I'll tell you what it fucking says. All right. Basically, it just talks about how fucking there's a mysterious broadcast about uh, Emperor Palpatine, like his voice gets heard and they're just like, what the fuck? So Leia dispatches secret agents to gather intelligence. 
while Ray, the last hope of the Jedi, trains for battle against the diabolical First Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. So, okay, in that one text crawl, they dust off Palpatine, and they also try to get you to buy Kylo Ren, who nobody at this point should buy as a badass. I know some do. I didn't, and I don't know why you would. But they try to make him an even bigger badass in your mind going forward. The one that we should have gotten and could have gotten, the text crawl that we missed out on, basically begins with explaining that the First Order has taken full control of the entire fucking galaxy with traitors being put to death and communications from planet to planet being silenced. That right there paints such a grim fucking picture I get a little too excited thinking about it. (sighs) All right, you need to calm down. But anyway, because of this, Leia and the rest of the Resistance plan some sort of secret mission. So again, okay, there's that that they have in common. But that secret mission we are immediately dropped into the middle of for the first dozen pages or so of the script. So, I mean, yes... There is some sort of similarity there. Well, except for the fact that we didn't get to the Resistance or any sort of, like, secret mission, if you will, for the first few minutes. And instead, right off the bat, we got Renny Benny just kind of going off on his own trying to find Palpatine, who looks closer to the Palpatine that we got in the prequels more so than what we got in the original trilogy. But I I will say that there might be some explanation as to why that is. Uh, There's talk, at least in the novelization of this whole fucking thing, that kind of goes into depth about clones and shit like that. So I try to tell myself that there's at least a possibility that somewhere between episode two and three, or even somewhere in three, Palpatine knew what was up, saw the writing on the wall, and before his showdown with Mace, switched himself out with a fucking clone. At least I can hope that that's how they try to explain it. I don't fucking know, and nor do I care. Okay, so here's my thing. Here's my thing. Okay. There's only supposed to be two Sith at a time. Mm Mm-hmm. If this dude's a clone, mm-hmm. that means that everything has been cloned, including Palpatine's consciousness, right? But my whole deal is the only way that it would technically work and have it still be a Palpatine that fucking matters is if they do like a Rick and Morty thing, like in uh, season three, episode one of Rick and Morty, where Rick just like is continually transferring his consciousness through things. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the only re- the, like, otherwise it, it might as well just be a fucking robot. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know who else is probably kind of pissed that they didn't go with this script? Uh, probably Ryan Johnson. And well, I mean, him too, but Rose. Rose? Rose Tico. Her name is Kelly Marie Tran. Anyway, she's probably a little bit pissed because, I mean, in what we got... She got all of a fart on screen, but in this, (laughs) they drop us right in the middle. The very first scene is right in the middle of this supposed secret mission, and it's led by Rose and BB-8, because you gotta make her interesting somehow, and uh, (laughs) let's face it, Last Jedi did not do that shit. I'll be real, though. Like, my whole... The main thing I have an issue with is the rise of Skywalker is nothing but backpedaling. That's all it is. And don't get me wrong, they've experimented with backpedaling before. Attack of the Clones fucking flat out, like, did the same thing. Oh yeah, I mean, this trilogy is, even in the franchise itself, this is far from the first episode or installment to try and backpedal in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but I never I've never seen it to this level of backpedaling. No. Pretty much everything about Ryan Johnson's script 
they pussied out on. So basically, like the whole idea of like Ray not having you know parents that that matter per se. Mm-hmm. They backpedal on that. You know, they backpedal on the Rose character. They backpedal on this, that, and the other. You know what I mean? Like pretty much everything. Like you know, yeah. Like they barely even really mention the fact that Luke was killed. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, like <laughs> I don't even know if they did. They even mention him all that much at all before he ended up showing up as a force ghost just to like grab that fucking nah. lightsaber before it burned in a pile of ash it was weird because it's like okay so like this this feels like like this movie feels like dlc uh-huh like uh the dlc for duke nukem forever where you know dr proton comes back just randomly you know what i mean I mean, there are so many games that you get a DLC that, you know, people want, people have been clamoring for, you know, a DLC that brings something to whether it be the game, the story, the gameplay, anything. This is one of those times where it's the equivalent of a DLC that gives absolutely nothing new of any significance. Yeah, like it's it, it, it's like it's the equivalent of a DLC that they put out simply to make more money. It's like it's like the uh the Batman Arkham Asylum challenge maps. They allegedly have their own story and everything like that, but it has nothing on the main story. It doesn't do anything to affect it. It's just there. Pretty much. <sighs> but yeah, I mean whereas, you know, we spend the first what? I would say 5 to 7 minutes just randomly watching Adam Driver slowly make his way to Palpatine, and then we get a little bit of dialogue from Palp that goes on way too long. This, you begin right off the bat. I mean, and Finn's there, Poe's there, Ray's there, damn near everybody is there as they get ready to try and infiltrate and blow up this First Order base. And it's it very much feels supposedly like, or at least was supposed to, like a uh, something out of like a 007 movie. So like you know like the the beginning where it just shows him doing something badass, and then you have like the the fucking you know title sequence. And kind of, kind of, I guess. Yeah, like I'm saying, like 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 I, I would assume that that's gonna be it, it would be kind of reversed because I mean. Except for maybe one, you have the title sequence almost right off the bat in every Star Wars movie. But this scene even allows for just a little bit of fan service. We've talked to death about the right way to do fan service and the wrong way, and when it's just drenched in fan service. This scene, at some point, would have given Poe the chance to deliver the line, Okay, let's blow this thing and go home. Okay. So right there, you get a little bit of fan service, but it's it's not slapping you in the face. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. You know what I mean? No, no. Uh, but you know that happens damn near right before everything goes straight to hell with stormtroopers trying to take them over, and uh, even though it doesn't work because they can't hit shit, they do end up leaving out of the base. Fairly unharmed, I guess. The Resistance, not the Stormtroopers. But, yeah, they almost all of them, damn near, get the hell out of Dodge. And Rose and Finn and Poe and Ray, along with BB-8, I suppose, steal a Star Destroyer. Okay. What a damn upgrade from that fucking hunk of junk that they've been flying around in, am I right? Kind of, maybe. Are you talking shit about the Millennium Falcon? I'm sorry. I was. It, that was a slight callback, a slight bit of fan service. Because in The Force Awakens, you fucking get uh, that whole. The junk will do! Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just I'm just saying. Like, Don't get me wrong, it was a bad joke, but I, mean, I, I was trying here. It's not going to play well with the Star Wars fans, my friend. You know, I mean, is there anything like. Uh, wrestling fans i've slowly come to the realization that i don't get 
the mainstream fan. Because I hate shit that they love, and I love shit that they hate. So, I mean, you know, I mean, it's... The fact that it's not going to play well with them doesn't... I, I, I don't care about. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, the whole thing was supposed to, like I said, come off like um, maybe a 007 movie, or even like the springing of Solo in Jedi. Okay. I feel like that would have played better, for sure. I do, too. And it was actually going to lead to the next scene being instead of right going straight to Kylo Ren, we would have gotten a ship that had the Knights of Ren. Yeah, my whole deal is this, okay? Like, it would have it would have fit substantially well because up to this point, every third installment has started off with, like, a big action piece. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, Jedi started with the springing of Solo. And fucking Revenge of the Sith starts with that big fucking space battle that ends up with, uh, you know, Count Dooku being killed and shit. Yeah. And I believe this was uh, right before Han and Leia and 3PO all head towards Cloud City. You get that really quick scene where Boba Fett is shown right behind them, basically tracking them. Right. In this, they would have tried to haul ass back to their home base, thinking that they got away with some shit, and the very next thing you see is a much smaller ship that, you know, looks kind of, for lack of a better word, worse for wear, that has the Knights of Ren in it, and who are now going to uh, track the protagonists post-haste. Right after they demand answers from the admiral in charge of the base that just got overrun. And um, the the Knights of Ren are not very happy at all. In fact, uh, they are, like I said, demanding answers about what the fuck just happened. Yeah. This would have given, you could have done at least something with them. And shown them to basically be the badasses that they want to tell you that they are, but they never really show you that they are. But realistically, that's what they did with Boba Fett in the original trilogy, just saying. I guess. And, you know, but just because they don't like what he has to tell them and because they don't like his uh, his excuses, his answers to the questions, they kill his ass. So isn't that special? <laughs> and then, for some reason, instead of going to Kylo or back to the Resistance, we go to a little planet that we once knew Coruscant. Okay. And Coruscant was once a vibrant city that has now, you can tell seen better days as the first order has built their own palace there with Hux in charge. And he's seemed to have deemed himself the local chancellor because nobody else would. You know, all of this just sounds like it, it does sound like a substantially better movie. Yeah. But I mean, then, then again, like, I don't understand why they went with the draft that they did when they have this draft. I don't either, because, I mean, even this move, this scene, I like substantially more than what they did with him. Yeah. Because Hux is seen to actually be now something of a force groupie, I guess you could call him. Yeah. Because he's you see him actually trying to use the force himself. In a way, I guess one could say that he's uh, seen as a little envious and a little bit jealous of um, Kylo. Yeah. It just makes me sad to think that we didn't get this. But anyway, we see him about to address the public and weeding out another one of the traitors that it mentioned in the text crawl as we see one of those cute little executions we heard all about. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, possibly a, a first for the franchise. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, there have been killings, but this is the first outright execution. Yeah. And then he goes on for just a tiny bit 
as we find out about how the First Order, much like the Empire and the Huts, are doing business with a bunch of alien warlords throughout the galaxy in order to keep control of everything. So right here, this is what I talk about when I try to tell you folks that sometimes you can tell and show us shit, and if you do it right, you aren't cramming it down our fucking gullets. For sure. It, it, I mean, it's just not that damn hard, you know, but fuck. Anyway, we find out that Kylo Ren, uh, even though we haven't seen him, doesn't mean he hasn't been busy. You know, he wasn't with the other knights a few moments back, but that's because no one has seen the little emo son of a bitch. He's gone in search of, uh, I don't know, something, but that's never really mentioned. But he's soon seen on Mustafar pretty damn quickly. And with him, Luke! So, I mean, we go from a movie that we got that never really talked much about Luke until you saw him. I mean, it did, but not much. Yeah. To within the first handful of minutes, you actually see him apparently, for lack of a better term, haunting Kyle. So he is a force ghost. Yes. It's exactly playing into what what you and I talked about a long time ago, because we we were talking about we were talking about specifically when we we had both seen Last Jedi, how Luke could still be involved, exactly on that mindset. Because if you look back in Episode Four, dude says flat out, "If you strike me down, I will become greater than you would ever imagine," and stuff like that. Like, my whole deal is, yeah, haunt the shit out of him, you know? We had talked about how great that would be. I mean, but it, to me, it, don't get me wrong, it's a hell of a lot better use. And it does sound like fun, but it begs the question to me personally, why Luke, though? I mean, because he's not haunting him as in trying to make his life a living hell. It, it, he's very much Luke in the way he talks, the way he acts. Yeah. But if anything, I would have actually, this is one thing that I would have changed in this script. I would have wanted Han. And yeah, we got that little moment in fucking Rise of Skywalker, but I would have, this I think would have been a better use of Han if he was just like, what, really, really, kid? It would be interesting to see who grumbles more, a dead person or Han Solo. Or a dead Han. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, maybe not exactly what I'm saying, but still. You know, I'd rather have him basically haunt his son, more or less. But just just follow him around, questioning, doing what every parent does. Questioning every damned move he fucking makes. Like, you want him to be like Dexter's dad? (laughs) Pretty much. Why would you ever do it that way? I mean, let's be real here. When me and Chewie back in the day were doing our thing, we wouldn't have made nearly (laughs) the same dumb mistake. But, you know, on Mustafar, they get to what was Vader's castle or tomb or whatever. I mean, well, it, it was his castle. In this one moment, you actually get one of the lines Luke says that I actually do kind of like. It was something basically to the effect of, this is where the dark side leads. To an empty, abandoned tomb. Okay, that's pretty metal. But there's a little bit of back and forth between the two of them, and that's all well and good. But again, it... If it's not Han that's haunting him or the memory of Han, kind of, I mean, it doesn't have to be a force ghost. It can be what we got in what we got. Because that was, that you never really got the explanation of that being a force ghost of Han. Uh-huh. That was more of the memory of him in that moment. You okay. know? Yeah, I mean, I get it. We interrupt this program to bring you a message from our sponsor. 
How's it going there, folks? It is your favorite co-host, Reverend Jess here, and I'm here to talk to you today about today's sponsor. That's right, is the one and only Counting Worm Shop, your one-stop shop for oddities and curiosity artwork, as well as amazing oddity jewelry, all available for a very fair price, man. And I'm telling you, you can find this shit online. It is Etsy.com slash shop slash Counting Worm Shop. If you're looking for them on Facebook, check out Counting Worm Shop on Facebook, or if you want something more custom maybe you're more specific with the artwork you're looking for countingwormshop at gmail.com and they will hook you up for the fairest of prices they were kind enough to support this show and support this episode today and let me tell you folks you can check them out and do you want to see them live because they are vending you son of a bitch i swear to god they are vending the oddities and curiosities expo on may 9th in columbus ohio as well as july 18th in the one and only Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. And if you're looking for them a little bit sooner, hit up the Odd Mall, man. Akron, Ohio, May 2nd and 3rd. And let me tell you, folks, fair prices, amazing service. If you can't make it out to those ones, once again, online, etsy.com slash shop slash Counting Worm Shop, Facebook Counting Worm Shop, or custom requests at countingwormshop at gmail.com. Thank you so much to Counting Worms for sponsoring this episode, and we will get right back to this episode right about now. But anyway, if you're going to do Luke, have it be like a Obi-Wan in, in a New Hope, or at least the end of New Hope, after he's been cut down by Vader, and all you hear is Obi-Wan's voice in his head, use the Force. It's basically just Luke suffering from schizophrenia. But Kylo enters Vader's temple, finds a Sith holocron, and activates that bad boy. And this is where we fucking get Palpatine. The holocron activates a message from Palp. This one moment, that is all. Okay, so we actually get so we actually get the message from Palpatine and there's actually build up to it. It's not just like, oh, suddenly you get from the surroundings and they show you shit that makes you realize and makes you damn sure that you're on fucking Mustafar. You know where you are. You make it out to be obviously Darth Vader's temple. You see Holocron. There's a little bit of an explanation that it's a Sith Holocron. And then you get Palp, who in the message is addressing Vader. And basically it explains what he wants Vader to do in case of his demise, which of course we all know went down in Jedi. But he tells him to take Luke to a specific system that we have yet to see in the movies and tells him to seek out this uh, Master of the Sith. Tor Valum. Okay. I fucking like it. I, I don't know about you, but I fucking like it. But of course, with Luke dead, Vader dead, and Palpatine dead, it only makes sense that Kylo goes in search of this Valum on his fucking own. As we break from him to go straight to the Resistance base on another planet, as the team from the shipyard mission finally arrive back with their friends. But by the same time that uh, Leia is alerted to their arrival. So, I mean, that's that's uh, convenient. Yeah, it works out nicely. I mean, of course, you can't fucking miss them as they land in a fucking Star Destroyer, but still. Anyway, we get a bit of dialogue between Rey and Finn where we see a, a bit of doubt within Rey, a, a bit of depression and even vulnerability. You know, she describes... A little bit of self-doubt. Yeah. So, Rey goes off to consult the Jedi texts uh, we saw in The Last Jedi, and we see her find information about an old communication system dating back as far as the Old Republic. And its location, Coruscant. But this beacon, as it were, this communication system, connects 50 other planets and can send a signal out to others to get them to come to the aid of the Resistance, if they can just figure out how to fucking reach the bastards. Yeah. But now we finally get a little bit of a problem that can now be solved. 
So, I mean, you know, now a little bit more plot comes together as they decide to try and get to and turn on this force beacon, as it's described to be. It's a huge leap of faith, but hope is all they have, as Ray puts it. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of a cute little line. But she goes off to train, and we see Forced Ghost Luke again in order to help her in that training. So, I mean, you get Forced Ghost Luke not just haunting Kylo, but also helping Rey. So, I mean, you know, for those who were pissed that we got all of about 30 seconds, if not less, of Luke in Force Awakens, we get plenty of them here. Yeah. I would argue that he probably has more than he has in The Last Jedi. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, you know, enough about her, because we go visit Ren Skywinker. I mean, uh, Ben Solo. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, no, I got it right that time. Uh, and he's in bad damn shape because about the time that he is listening to this fucking message that Palpatine left him, something within the Sith holocron senses through, I guess, a facial recognition or some such bullshit that the one getting the message is not the one the message was intended for. Yeah. And so it actually self-destructs in a way and fucks him right up. I mean, just leaves him scarred and just foobar. So that's nice. Yeah. But he runs to uh, Hux and to the rest of his cohorts in order to let them know what he's found out and rest a little bit on Coruscant as he comes up with a game plan. I mean, we see damaged veins, sizzled skin. We see it all, man. And I mean, he's looking rough. Which, I mean, you know, at that point, I might have bought, if you were going to show him with that almost uh, Humpty Dumpty mask, (laughs) as it were. Yeah. I would have bought him putting the mask on right after that. Yeah. Maybe then. Maybe then. Probably not then, but maybe then. But... Uh, again, he's not necessarily down for the count, but he gets there and um, goes straight to some old Sith texts. Because, you know, if they've had Jedi texts, why not Sith? So he goes off and tries to find out a little bit more about this Torvalum and how to find this planet. They never really say, but it kind of comes off in a way of when Obi-Wan finds out about the planet but can't find it on the fucking map. Yeah. Kind of comes off like that a little bit. But anyway, before he goes off, he has a bit of a moment with the charred Vader helmet, explaining that he uh, understands Vader now, his strengths, his weaknesses, how he let love cloud his judgment, and he's basically done with his hero worship as he tosses the helmet off a balcony onto the ground below in Coruscant, And allows it to fucking shatter. Yeah. But he goes off to find something. It's never really explained, but it's said that once found, the power to destroy a planet will be insignificant. Which, again, kind of calls back to the power of this technological terror is uh, insignificant to the power of the Force and all that shit. So, holy shitballs! I mean, we're only a few scenes into this fucking movie. And don't get me wrong, I've got plenty more, but how would you say it compares to what we fucking got? My whole deal is, uh, you know, looking at what we have here, the Duel of the Fates seems to take its sweet time, and it feels like it could possibly be a you know three-hour-plus movie. Rise of Skywalker, even though it's still pretty long, it fucking, the pacing is really quick in it. And I'm not shitting on long movies, like, not at all. No, I mean, shit, some of my favorite ones are at least three hours long. Yeah. I mean, you you can do long movies and fucking do it right. Yeah. 
Um, but you can also do you can also do short movies and do it right. Uh, yeah. But around this time, you see you know, Ray and others kind of all split up, going in their little groups and off on their own little things. And we bounce back and forth between them. And in that moment, or at least one of them, we see Finn come across a group of stormtroopers, much like himself, who aren't buying what the First Order is selling. And in this moment, he sees the opportunity to turn them and add them to the Resistance ranks. Yeah. He sees people that were in his shoe, or, you know, whose shoes he was once in, and wants to help them. And like I said before, there's going to be issues with anything that we get or could have gotten. And right here, I see one of them. Because right about now, everyone is split up on their own. With Hux on Coruscant, Ren headed to find the man who trained Palpatine, as well as this power, which actually, the power that he believes he's going to get from this man is then finally explained as what he's looking for. So I don't, I don't know if the Holocron or, you know, what he was looking for on Mustafar, it's never really mentioned, but now this is what he's looking for. Leia and Rey have a bit of a heart-to-heart of, uh, about uh, a lot of things. As Poe and Rey head off on a journey with Finn, Rose, and others going off to Coruscant, and then Leia just kind of, you know, does what she did in the movie that we did get and hangs around back at home. Yeah. So everyone goes off their own on their own damn thing and trying to follow everybody. I can't imagine wouldn't get a little tiring if you end up getting a long fucking movie. Well, not only that, but like, I feel like this movie is partially doomed from the get go just because like they had already shot footage for episode nine that Leia was in. Yeah, and so, I mean, you would have to fuck around with this script alone just to, you know, make up for the fact that Leia was no longer with us. So, I mean, you know, just like Rise gave us, maybe bring Billy D back somehow. You could have let him take over in Leia's place. Yeah. And then, I mean, use some of that footage that you did shoot with Leia to show her training Ray, as we see in Rise. Anyway, about this time, we see that the Rebel base has got to be evacuated thanks to the First Order eventually tracking the signal of their stolen ship as the Resistance troops all pile onto the Dreadnought and hastily get the fuck out of Dodge. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know about that, but anyhow... They pile onto the stolen ship, use it as a rebel base. So I kind of like the idea of a dreadnought being used as a fucking rebel base, you know, a, por- a portable one at that. Yeah. But what the fuck? Why do that shit if you know now that the uh, Order can fucking track that thing? Obviously, if they found your ass because they tracked the damn ship, everybody getting on the fucking ship is not going to help things. Yeah. Because now you've got the Resistance on one ship. Good idea. But so far, at least it sounds better than Rey Skywalker and the Emperor squaring off as Palp conjures ships from out of nowhere. Yeah. Which, (laughs) I don't know. It's, uh, like, there's just so much going on, especially in the finale. I mean, like, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm just like, what the fuck? You know? But... Rose and the group that go to Coruscant get to the fucking beacon, turn the bastard on, and use R2 as almost a booster, if you will, to kind of give the signal a little bit more oomph, reach a few more people, and he also projects a hologram of Leia along with this beacon. So basically you have this universally loved princess or general the image of which is now being used in a beacon that is basically saying, help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. Yeah. I mean, it's not saying that, but you get my fucking point. She started the series in a beacon. She ends the series in a beacon. 
And thus, we finally hit hyperspeed on this motherfucker as hundreds of thousands, if not hundreds of millions, get the signal. And that's where we would see the moment where they're trying to leave Coruscant. They end up, you know, not being able to. And they end up coming across. It's either the um, People's Front of Judea or the Judean People's Front. I'm not sure which. They're Druish? Funny. She doesn't look Druish. Yeah, anyway. Um, so they are willing and able to start an uprising because they're pretty much just fed up with the First Order and fucking Hux altogether. But they need somebody to lead them. And lead them our merry group of misfits do. So isn't it convenient? But knowing and getting wind of this little turn of events, we get something that I would have loved to fucking see. Hux hears the bad news, realizes that the jig is up, realizes what Kylo might do to him after finding the shit out, and fucking impales himself. He does a Harry carry. That's pretty badass. Okay. Shit. But any whore. The Knights of Ren are also there in tow as they trail Ray and Poe to some new planet and Ren lands on Remnicor, as it's uh, described. Which, if I didn't mention before, that's where the fucking Sith Lord or Sith Master, or whatever the hell you want to call him, is. And we finally find Torvalum, who then trains Ren. There's some dialogue, a bunch of skeletons of Sith Lords, Plagueis is mentioned, and isn't that cute? And in a moment, that would have been awesome. There's a little bit of uh, a scene that, much like we had in the Swamps of Dagobah, we get <clears throat> Diet Vader, basically, battling what equates to the Ghost of Vader. So we get, like, a fucking, like, you know, like like a training montage, right? And it's fucking Eye of the Tiger, and, like, he's, like, running through... <laughs> No, it's it, it's like that moment with Luke where he, you know, swings and all of a sudden the Vader helmet rolls off and it's fucking him. But instead, this time, he fucking loses. And the, the ghost of Vader, or whatever the fuck he is, the aberration of Vader, fucking wins. <laughs> so, frustrated with the idea that he's still not strong enough to uh, either be Vader's equal, at the very least, or be stronger than Vader, he kills Torvalum for that shit. So, I mean, at that point, if we would have gotten that, I don't know about badass, but I would have found him to be at least a little bit less of a pussy. Mm. But we go back to Ray, Poe, and Chewie, who are all going through some major shit, but she convinces Poe and Chewie to get the hell out of town and, you know, again, everything's going to have moments that you just could have done without. And this is one of them, because Poe won't leave. And Ray tries to use the Jedi mind trick, which Poe actually repeatedly resists. That's pretty badass. So I kind of like that idea. Yeah. But uh, yeah, here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The only reason that he leaves is she ends up kissing him. Which I find a bit corny, but for some reason that works, and the fucking scene is over, and Chewie pulls Poe the fuck out of there, and, you know, whatever. Anyway, yada yada yada, we end up with Ren and Ray on Mortis. So, holy shit, Mortis! And where's Leia in all this? Well, I mean, <laughs> in reality, she would have been dead... But she goes off in the script and ends up finding an old friend and... Hello, what have we here? Lando Calrissian. At a club. His club. And she asks him for help in organizing a bit of a smuggler's group to join the fight. So yes, 
in this one we still get lando you gotta have lando you haven't had him in a film since return yeah i mean don't get me wrong like in the main trilogy like return of the jedi is the last time that he really made you know made an impact so it, it was good to see him regardless and he is probably the best part of rives of skywalker so but you know I mean, what could have been <laughs> lacy whatever but around this time before any sort of actual uprising could begin Rose is captured and tortured, so at least we have that payoff in making her interesting as the others she's with continue to organize said uprising that I just fucking mentioned. Get with it, people. Yeah. But once the fight happens, the citizens, the poor, forgotten, downtrodden, they all get a bit of backup in Lando, Leia, and many, 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 many others. And this, you know, we, we got the big-ass battle with a inexplicable stampede on the deck of a fucking ship. And we would have gotten that minus the fucking horses here. So, I mean, you know, isn't that cute? I want horses. Huh? I, I want horses. We need horses. <sighs> I guess, uh... I mean, you will just have to agree to disagree, as we often do. But so, I mean, I, I know a lot of this shit couldn't have happened because of Carrie's death. But, <clears throat> I mean, if you're not going to have it be Lando, as I said, Wedge. I mean, you could have had so many people that could have. Let's be real. If they were going to bring somebody back, they should have brought Porkins back. I'm not even going to lie. I would have been a little bit of all right with that. You know, I mean, but they uh, killed Porkins long, long ago. The bastards. You know, that's what the big reveal should have been. Should have been that it wasn't actually Palpatine. It was just Porkins coming back for revenge. He, he'd, be, he'd be Porkentine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ray and Ren battle and find that they can even draw the energy from each other using the force as the battle just gets bigger and more intense. And the hatred just continues to grow and grow. Which, I mean, bigger, faster, more intense. I think George would have eaten this shit up. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I don't know. My, I'm just still I'm still thinking about Porkentine and how, how great of a reveal that would be. You would get stuck on Porkins. But this battle rages above and on Coruscant much as it does in Rise. We also get a bit of a vision of Vader Zero as he approaches a house on some planet during, I guess, the battle. I don't know. He gets the shit knocked out of him and just fucking starts hallucinating. I don't know. It never really explains, at least not what I fucking read. But upon approaching this little cabin in the woods, so to speak, we see that Han is inside as he opens the door. So, yes, again... We still get Han, people. Don't fucking fret. Even if Luke's the one that's fucking haunting him, we'd still get Solo, so I'm okay with that. But he and his son argue again as he tries to have his boy saved one last time. So in that, I actually do like the way that they handled their interaction in Rise more than this. So, I mean, I'll give, them, I'll give credit where credit is due. If you're not going to do it the way that they did it in Rise, why not this? You know, but I mean, Rise is great in that one aspect. Not very many others, but, you know, whatever. Then, you know, just about the time that you actually want this to continue, they cut back to reality. Ren and Ray have words. We find out that Ren is actually the one who killed Ray's parents at the behest of Snoke, in a moment where, I'm sorry, the numbers just don't fucking add up when you look at the ages of Ren and Rey, and the fact that they left Rey on fucking Jakku because they were being hunted by Ren, it, it, like, okay, 
I know I failed math more times than I'd like to admit, but holy shit, whoever was doing that math, I want whatever they were smoking. Uh, it was the same people that uh, decided it would be a good idea to like just spend this whole movie backpedaling. <laughs> yeah. But is, is there anything that I've laid out that you can say, you know what? If we're already to the moment where Ren and Ray are facing off on a fucking planet where it's the big fucking, you know, conclusion, if you will. Is there anything that we would have gotten by that time in Rise that you would still have actually wanted in this goddamn movie, aside from something that I've mentioned so far? Yeah. What's that? Porcantine. That was not in Rise. I know. That's what I want. I want Porcantine. No, I said, was there anything that we got in Rise that you still want in this fucking version? Uh, are oh, you listening uh, or did you just did you just do what you always do and just completely space me out throughout this whole goddamn thing i mean it's been pretty tough not to but uh blow me but no uh as as far as as far as the shit and rise no nah, i mean all together this this whole movie is a better movie yeah i mean because we see red and ray lashing out at each other with everything that they fucking have and once they've finally taken all their anger and frustration out on each other. <laughs> Luke, Yoda, and Obi-Wan, as Force ghosts, appear and try to save Ben. They can't. And they actually have to... In this, they kill him. I would have just liked to see them actually be like, you know what? Yeah, no, you, you gotta end this bastard. Yeah. But, I mean... You know, in this whole battle, I forgot one of my favorite moments, and I don't know why this stuck out to me, but apparently in the battle, or at least in the aftermath of it, R2-D2 blows the fuck up. Okay, I don't like that. Why the fuck not? I don't like R2-D2 blowing up. I do. And Ren is is inadvertently, or I mean, at least I assume inadvertently, it would have been badass if he had done it on purpose. Ren is blinded by Ray. So that's fucking tits, my friends. Fucking tits. I just, I just, I, I don't want, I don't want R2-D2 to blow up. Well, again, we're just going to agree to disagree because I would have loved it. <clears throat> but yeah. Anyway. In this moment where you have the force ghost of Luke and Obi-Wan and Yoda, you would almost have to do Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, they did have in Rise, they did have that moment where they did play Alec Guinness's lines and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, we we even have a moment where you think Ray is dead. And so, I mean, of course, we had that in Rise. Yeah. Well, no, we just have a moment where she is blatantly dead. Yeah. But I mean, you have a moment where Emo Vader and uh, Ray and one of the Force ghosts, I'm guessing Luke, have a little bit of a convo. It's basically, he's trying to save Ren, which doesn't pan out anyway. And so we have Coruscant liberated. By the end of this, we see Ray slip something to R2's remains, and it ends up being his memory bank back up. So you can stop whining. And yes, R2 does blow up, but we finally see him back with his old friend C3PO, and everything is fine. He's just looking even worse than he did in any of the times that he saw some action. So, I mean, there, are you happy now? Yeah. But what we see in that moment is basically a montage of flashbacks of classic moments, but from the view and memory of the droids. So that would have been cute to basically see just a very quick version of the whole damn story, more or less told by the droids, and with that, and with the Order destroyed and Ren dead by the end of it, we see a bunch of celebrating, 
we see a shot of Ray going somewhere, and it's implied that she's there to train future Jedi, and then done. And there we have it. No fucking Ray Skywalker. Yeah, you might get some building that brings back memories of movies past. No. But no, no. I'm Ray Skywalker. Fuck that shit. Anyway, you do get a moment with her and Leia or whatever, maybe even Luke, where one of them, before the whole damn movie is over, asks, Ray, I need you to do something for me after this is all said and done. And that's not the end. Actually, that now that I uh, look at my notes, that was before. I just forgot to fucking mention it, apparently. Yeah. And so maybe that's what she's fucking doing. Yeah, I mean, realistically, that's what I thought they were going for. Yeah. And uh, with that, we are done. And, and so, as you see, there are times, yeah, yeah, I won't lie, there are times where it's probably for the best that we end up uh, missing an opportunity here or there. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think we're going to start this off as a new segment that, um, I don't know about you, but I, I think I've, I've kind of come to like the idea of calling it Dead on Arrival or DOA. Yep. Yeah. By ditching this script, they essentially, like, screwed themselves because of this script. Because, like, what they did here was they took a script that would have provided them a satisfying conclusion and would have been on par with the other Star Wars movies. And they ditched mm-hmm. it in favor of fan service, which was a corporate decision. The problem with, you know, having corporations run everything is you end up making bad decisions. And they specifically said that the reason that they ditched this stuff was because they wanted to focus strictly on fan service yeah. to get people back in their good graces after last Jedi was so poorly received, which I still think is unwarranted personally, but you know, is what it is. And is it perfect again? I said it before. I'll say it again. I said it multiple times already in this episode. No, I mean, there's shit. Like there's a line I didn't even mention. Everyone is someone or, you know, some other unneeded bullshit line or moment, but there's not near as much of that here there was a lot of moments like that in what we got there's only a handful in what we could have had and truth be told like you said it was on a corporate level that you know they decided to or a studio level that they decided to fucking ditch what we could have gotten but before they ditched it completely they had plenty plenty of opportunity to at least take what we could have gotten and intertwine that with the flick that we did get. And so there are similarities there in between the two movies. There are moments that kind of even are just a call to what we got. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you would have kind of taken a little bit of it, even I would have been okay. And it could have made rise better for it. But yeah. There was still no runaround for countless MacGuffins, unless you count the individuals everyone went looking for, or the uh, Sith Holocron. But even the Sith Holocron search was fucking quick. But most of the time, when that shit happened, like it didn't last long even for when they were searching for people. Not at all. And it wasn't... When it was happening, it wasn't paid excessive attention to. And so there was more, at least I felt, there was more meat to the story in many aspects. And not just the story, but character development. Yeah. I mean, there there was aspects of Rise that did make it into this one. I just wish that the reverse could have been shown as well. Mm-hmm. And we would have gotten aspects of this in Rise, but no, we didn't. We weren't that lucky. But in this, even the aspects that were in Rise that made it into this script were displayed in a much tighter way that made more sense 
than many of the things that we did get in Rise or any of the other movies in the sequel trilogy. I mean, it still ends with the Order gone, the heroes from the original trilogy dead for the most part, and Rey given a new fresh start to live her life, but it gives us everything that needs to happen for us to move forward to another story, yet there are are reports of Kathleen Kennedy and Trevorrow being at odds with each other. So, I mean, I don't understand that shit at all, but, you know, I mean, that's not for myself to understand. Yeah. But I rank this one right up there with the supposed four-hour Revenge of the Sith that we missed out on that is somewhere out there in the ether as one of the biggest outrages of my fanboy life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there was just so much that we could have gotten and so much more. Yeah. But just no. We were slapped right in the face and told to fucking like it as they pissed on our shoe. Yeah. Uh, I just don't fucking get it, man. But this is to me more proof that Kennedy and those in charge just don't get what we want, or at least what you know, I thought most fans wanted. I just, it made me even more confused yeah. as to the state of Star Wars and how we could get shit like The Mandalorian and then come up within an ass hair of getting this, only for them to change course. They got within just a cunt hair of this bastard. And then went the very, 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 very wrong direction. And it saddens me. Yep. But, uh, you know, if you want to come at me and defend the rise of Skywalker, or if you want to defend the sequel trilogy as a whole, or just tell me how wrong I am on any of it, you can find me at the Fickle Fanboy RPM on Twitter and at the Fickle Fanboy Podcast on Instagram or on the Fickle Fanboy Facebook page. And, um, yeah, come at me, bro. <laughs> and if you're looking for me, you can find me at RevJess underscore FL Radio on Twitter. You can find the Edgy Boy content show I do on all your favorite podcast platforms, The Church Absurd with Reverend Justin Deacon Sam. Check out our other show, Claim and Shame. Check out my wrestling show, The Fatitude Era. And also check out my quarant- uh, my quarantine Tarantino podcast, Quarantino, uh, available now on all your favorite podcasts. I, which I, I, I did as much shit as I give you about all the podcasts that you've dipped your feet into. I will say I, I listened to Quarantino and enjoyed it immensely, much as I do most of the shows that you have any any involvement in either way check it out uh you know give it a shot you might enjoy it you never know are, are there any uh other podcasts that you yeah check out my other show it's uh the joe rogan experience yeah that's uh that'll do it folks that'll do pig so uh um, and with that <laughs> who are you calling pig i mean yeah <laughs> the audience uh, <laughs> well, I mean, there is that one. But this has been a Fat Lols Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to SoundCloud.com/slash Fat Radio. We'll be seeing ya. Yeah.